This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Wednesday night, Avenue as the corner of East Night, Harad Lebanon. Welcome to all attendees. Welcome to Torah Anytime viewers and listeners. We are studying Parashat Vayera. There's a famous mashal of a king that wanted to test his uh, servants to see who was loyal, who was paying their taxes. Who would be happy if the king actually made a, a, a guest appearance? So he said, before I come, I want you to prepare for me a huge vat of wine. Everybody takes a little wine that they have, put it in this vat. So when I come, it's a mixture of beautiful wines. I could taste some of the wines that you have in your, in your town, in your city, in your country, in your village. And sure enough, they all got together. But one guy came and he said, if I'm going to take from my wine then I'll lose a little bit of money. So let me just put water. And the other guy will put wine. So the other guy said the same thing. Why should I put my wine? You know, let me put water. The other guy and the other guy. When the king finally arrived, guess, guess what he was drinking? He was drinking water. Because everyone said, I shouldn't do it. What, what is my wine? My little drop of wine, my little glass, my little cup of wine. What, how, does, how is that significant enough to put in this huge vat? So... I'll put water, the other guy water, the other guy water. That's the mashal. The king ended up, ended up drinking water. The nimshal, the lesson of this mashal is, of the story is, that sometimes in life, especially what's going on in the situation around the country, around the world, sometimes in life we think, you know, what does my opinion count? What does my tefillah count? What does my attending one class count? It's so insignificant in, in the realm of what's going on in the world. Me? Hashem doesn't want my prayer. Hashem doesn't want my servitude of Him. My tefillot, my limut Torah, my tzedakah. doesn't mean anything. But the problem is, if you're thinking like that, and everyone else is thinking like that, what's holding up the world? It's not only us that we think like that sometimes. Abraham Abinu fell into this trap. Now, in this week's parasha, it starts off that Hashem revealed Himself to Abraham the third day of his Brit Milah. Now, Abraham Abinu is 99 years old, and he has a Brit Milah. On the third day, where she says the third day is the most excruciating pain, and now he's sitting outside his tent because he wants visitors. Because Abraham Abinu, as we explained last year, Abraham Abinu's whole philosophy was Hasid. Hasid Abraham. And Abraham said, a day that I do not perform chesed in my life is not counted as a day in my life. So I have to go outside. Now you're going to ask me, what about the people inside? If Abraham Abinu's tent was open to all four corners, so of course he had visitors inside. So why do you have to go outside and get new visitors? Abraham Abinu said, yes, you're right. But the visitors inside, I already told them about Hashem. They're in the process of conversion already. I don't need them. I need more people. I need more people to do conversions, to do kindness, to do chesed with. That's why he's going outside to see if there's any visitors passing or coming. That's what uh, Rashi says. Obrim veshabim, either going or coming. The Pasuk says, elav Hashem, mamre. Hashem reveals himself to Abraham Abinu in the tents of Mamre. We know Abraham Abinu had three friends. Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. In fact, I saw something fascinating last night that Abraham when he was given the commandment from Hashem to uh, perform Brit Milah Abraham Abinu had no idea what a Brit Milah is until Hashem himself came 
Vecharot emmo haberit, like we say every single day in Vayibarech David, Vecharot emmo haberit. Hashem actually performed Brit Milah to Abraham Abinu. But Abraham, to try out the Brit Milah, he tried it out on his friends. Aner and Eshkol. And what ended up happening? They died. Because Abraham Abinu did not know how to perform the mitzvah of Brit Milah. So he tried it out on Aner and Eshkol, and they passed away. Comes time for Mamre. Mamre says, listen, <laughs> I saw already what happened with the two friends. Maybe you should ask your God how to perform it exactly. So Abraham Abinu says, you're right. First, he gets a Brit Milah from Hashem, and then he ends up performing Brit Milah on Mamre. And where does Abraham Abinu end up putting his headquarters, his whole mission of doing Hesed? In the tents of Mamre. That's why it says in the Pasuk, Mamre. He's sitting now with his friend Mamre. Where is he sitting, Abraham? And Abraham Abinu. Now, we have to remember this Pasuk. This Pasuk is going to help us throughout the whole class in Yusei Hashem. Abraham Abinu sitting by the entrance of his tent. And it's a very hot day. Kehomayom, a very hot day. And we know the Midrash says, because Kadosh Baruch Hu Hashem did not want to bother Abraham with any guests. So he, made, he took the cover off the sun, he made it very hot, so nobody would pass in the desert. But because he saw the anguish, the sorrow, the pain that Abraham Binu felt, he ends up sending him three angels. That we know. We're going to learn tonight, Ba'azit Hashem, a little bit of the teachings of Breslov. And in particular, in the Sefer Likutei Halachot, authored by the main disciple of Rav Natan of Breslov. His name was Rabnat, Rabna, uh, uh, main disciple of Rav Nachman of Breslov. His name was Rav Natan of Nimerov. And he writes in the Sefer Likutei Halachot. I'll read you his words. He says, En ha'adam zocheh li'idgalut elakut. The only way you can have this revelation of God. Now, when we say revelation of God, we mean beracha in your life. Parnasa, beracha, sustenance, all the blessings. The only way you will get all the blessings or the revelation of God onto you, bechinat, vayera elav Hashem, if you want Hashem. Now, what does it say in the Pasuk, Rabotai? It doesn't say vayera el Abraham Hashem. It doesn't say Hashem revealed himself to Abraham. It says Hashem revealed himself to him. Who's him? Now obviously we know it's Abraham. Because the whole story is based on Abraham. But it's a deeper meaning. If you want Hashem to reveal himself to you, if you want to have a trouble, uh, a worry-free life, a care-free life, blessings in your life, all the berachot of the Torah, if you want the veira elav Hashem, if you want Hashem to reveal himself to you, it's going to take a very long time, but you have to be patient. You have to learn patience. Where was Abraham Abinu sitting? By the entrance of his tent. Meaning, he wanted Hashem to reveal himself to him. He had to wait outside the tent. Now, we'll explain exactly what outside the tent means. But if you want Hashem to reveal Himself to you in your life, you have to be willing to practice patience outside of your tent. Meaning, outside of your comfort zone. You will have some days that will be bitter. You will have some days where you will cry. You will have some days which will be good. 
But you have to remember, this is a process and you must learn patience. The FLP, and even though, these are his, these are his words. And even when you're practicing patience, and you're counting down the days, when is Hashem going to reveal Himself to me? But guess what? In those days, you will have, as we said, some days you wished you never had. As, like what? The Hamimut The Pasuk says Hashem reveals Himself to Abraham on the hottest days of the year. He's sitting outside his tent, and it's a very hot day. So Rav Natan says in his Sefer, the Kotei Alachot, if you want Hashem to reveal Himself to you, you must practice patience outside of your tent. And guess what? You will have some days which will be very scorching hot. Very hot. And the days you wished you never had. And what are those days you're referring to? Sheem kelal ta'avot bo'er oto You will have some days where you say to yourself, I, I, I can't. These desires, temptations... This evil inclination is too strong. I can't do it. I can't, I, I, I can't go learn Torah. I can't wake up in the morning. I have so many desires. I have so many, so much yesterara. It, it's burning me inside. Exactly like the Pasuk. He's sitting outside his tent. He's trying to step outside of his comfort zone, which means it's comfortable for me not to go to Shul. It's comfortable for me not to go learn Torah. It's comfortable to me not to do mitzvot. It's, very, it's a very comfortable life like we explained last week. But I step outside my comfort zone. I leave the inside of my tent. I go outside of my tent. But what we'll encounter outside, you will have those hot days. You will have those temptations. The evil inclination trying to bring you back into your comfort zone. Even though that happens to you. But you don't leave it all behind. You keep on struggling. You keep on, you stay in the game. You wait outside your tent. You count down the days. Yes, you wait with patience and you wait. And guess what? One day what will happen? Hashem will reveal Himself to you. As the story goes, there was a person that wanted the revelation of Eliyahu Nabi. He goes to his rabbi and he says, Rabbi, I also want Eliyahu Nabi to reveal himself to me. What, what do I have to do? Do I have to fast? Do I have to give tzedakah? What should I do? So the rabbi said, I want you to practice patience and try to defeat this evil uh, midah, character trait that you have of chaos, of anger, for 40 days. After 40 days, you will have a revelation of Eliyahu Nabi. He sits 40 days, counting down 40, 39, 38, 37. Finally, the last day is about to come, and he's waiting to see the revelation of Eliyahu Nabi. He gets a knock on the door. He says, for sure it's Eliyahu Nabi. He opens up the door, and there's a poor person waiting. Can you give me sedaka? He says, sedaka. You're ruining everything I'm at. Sedakah, it's not the right time for Sedakah right now. Right now is the time for me to wait for Eliyahu Nabi. Leave, Kish. The day passes, no Eliyahu Nabi. He goes back to his rabbi. He says, Rabbi, what happened? I waited 40 days. What happened? He says, what happened on the last day? He said, what happened on the last day? One guy came and he ruined it all for me. He says, that was Eliyahu Nabi. That was the last test of patience. And you couldn't hold yourself? 
So that's what happened. You lost the revelation of Eliyahu Nabi. It's very easy for us to stay in our comfort zone. But what happens when we stay in our comfort zone? We won't have this revelation of God. The only way we will have this revelation of Vayera Elav Hashem, of Hashem revealing Himself, Elav, to you, not to Abraham, to you in your life, is if you wait outside, go outside your tent, outside your comfort zone, and even though you will pass those days, those hot days, and you're willing to wait it out, Hashem will reveal Himself to you. He continues and he says, There were many people which they wanted Hashem to reveal Himself to them. They wanted to serve Hashem. They wanted to get better. Everybody wants to come close to Hashem. Everyone wants to do the right thing. But what do we end up seeing? But we see very few people actually waiting and actually going through the whole process and finally meriting to see this revelation of Hashem. Why? Because many people start the process. Yes, they're in it for the long run. They want all the blessings. They want to do the right thing. What ends up happening in the middle of the process? We have the evil inclination comes. We have the desires they come. The temptations to live a luxurious life. The temptation to go back to your comfort zone. And what ends up happening? They kick you off the path that you're striving to reach. They end up falling backwards. They end up leaving, falling off this path, falling off the ladder, staying down, staying down and losing the whole thing. And they end up losing the whole thing and you don't end up meriting to see the revelation of Hashem in your life. Rabotai, this is the foundation of Judaism. This is the foundation of everything that's going on. We have so many diversions and so many distractions in our life. And those diversions and distractions are for one goal and one goal only. The goal is anything but to cling on to Hashem. Anything but to go learn. Anything but to go pray. You can stay up to 3, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning watching the results. That you can do. Because it's a distraction for opening up a sefer and finally amounting to something. Trying to amount to something. Opening up a sefer is much harder than staying and watching that series on Netflix. Why? Because that's a diversion. That's a distraction. And the Yeserana knows it very well. He knows the minute I have this guy, it's all over for him. I lost him as a customer. I don't want to lose customers. That's exactly what's going on, not in this week's parasha only, in life. And it's very apropos this parasha, and we'll see the tests and tribulations and everything that Abraham Abinu went through. As we explained last week, it's a symbol for us 
how we can overcome our tests and tribulations and struggles in our life. And Rabbi Nathan continues and he writes in his Sefer Alim Litrufa. The Sefer Alim Litrufa was all the letters compiled that Rabbi Nathan wrote to his son. Now, just to let you know who Rabbi Nathan of Nimerov was, I have a book over here written by Rabbi Chaim Kramer called Through Fire and Water. Now, I don't really recommend so many books, but the reason why I'm recommending this is, number one, it's the history of Breslov, of Rav Nachman of Breslov, of Rav Nathan, his disciple. Number two, you know, sometimes we think, oh, these holy rabbis, these great rabbis, they were born like that. They were born, they came out of their mother's womb, that's it, right away they learned Torah, right away they became, they reached the, higher, the highest pinnacles, they reached the highest levels, the highest mountains. If you read this book and you know exactly what happened to him in his life, how his wife didn't even want him when he got close to Hasidut Breslov. His father-in-law didn't want, didn't want him in the house. His father kicked him out of the house. He had to go and try to amount to something, try to get money, try just to live. But in the end of the day, it was all worth it because Hasidut Breslov as it is today is all because of Rav Nathan. So it's a recommended book. I recommend for you, please, if you can, I'm saying it's a... How many pages is it? Yeah. It's like more than a novel. It's 700 plus pages. But it's, it's, it's so worth it. This read is a very good read. Through fire and water. So now, when he was traveling and kicked out from one town to another town, his son wrote him letters, and he wrote his letters, letters back to his son. And they compiled them, like we said, in a sefer called Alim Litrufa. Alim means leaves. Ale means leaves. Litrufa means a remedy. Means if you're ever feeling down, open up this letter that I wrote you, my son. It's a leaf of a remedy. Because as we know, all medicines, they come from plants. So he says, instead of going to get medicine to come out of your depression, you don't need no uh, Xanax, you don't need no other ones. The only thing you need is this letter. Just read the letter that I write you. And he, he, when his son wrote him that he was going through the depression, what's going on in his life, he has ups and downs in his life, he has hot days, he has cold days, he writes him like this. Yes, you have desires, you have temptations. It's very easy for you to live the life, like we said, stay in your comfort zone. You don't know what to do anymore. Is this guy going to win? Is this guy going to win? Now that they're saying it's a fraud, a voter fraud, you know, recount the ballots and read person goes crazy. We're so overwhelmed right now by what's going on and we're, we're, we're losing the main picture. We're losing the focus that it's Hashem running the world. It's not this guy or not this guy. It's not whether they're going to recount or not recount. It's Hashem running the show. But what's going, what's going on? It's a distraction. It's a diversion. But what really ha- has to happen? Don't you, don't you see that Hashem is preparing the whole world for something even bigger? He says, your heart is extinguished. Your heart, the flame is not burning in your heart to serve Hashem anymore. Because of the diversions, the distractions in your life. The enshum sibah And there's no logical reason, explanation. If you ask me to give you a reason, an explanation, why you should keep holding on, I have no. I have none. I have no reason why you should stay by the entrance. And just stay and wait, wait for Hashem's salvation, wait for Hashem's revelation. Abal. But I tell you one thing, my son. 
if you look at the bigger picture, if you look at why we came to this world, if you look at what's the destination, this is not a destination. There's a bigger destination that Hashem's preparing. Behas al hayav be'emet, and you really have compassion for your life. Eno shab le'ahor ve'eno zaz mekomo has v'shalom b'shum ofen. You keep on holding on. Keep on holding on. Raku yoshev umamtin etzel petach ohel akedusha shu ohel beta midrash ve'ohel atzadikim ve'akshirim af al pi shehom hayom bo'er has v'shalom ve'al yedeze ve'ira elav Hashem. Exactly what we said before. You keep on holding on. Rabbotai, we all go through bad days. We all go through struggles. You're not the only one. You hear these people tell you, you don't know what, what's going on in my life. You, I can't, you can't imagine what's going on in my life. You're right because you can't imagine what's going on in my life. We all have these hot days. We all have these bad days. But if you keep on holding on, Hashem is promising you. The rabbis are promising you. The Torah is promising you. That if you keep on holding on, you will have this revelation of Hashem in a blink of an eye. Yeshua'at Hashem keheref ayin. In a blink of an eye, close your eye, open your eye, how long does that take? In a blink of an eye, you will have the salvation. Just keep on holding on. It's much easier to say. Yes, it's very easy to say. But we have to believe that if we keep on holding on and believing that the salvation will come one day, Hashem will send the salvation one day. As it says in the Midrash, Midrash Hirashirim, Pithuli petah kihudash al mahat. All it takes is one step. We explained it so many times. And that's why, you know, you have to forgive me, pardon me, but sometimes I repeat some things is because we have to mishanin, like as I say in Hebrew, mishanin means we always have to, what's a, what's a good word for mishanin, Rabbi? Come on, you know Hebrew. Review. Review. Good. Good. If you beat you to it. Redundant. Keep on, keep on saying it. Keep on saying it because you have to uplift yourself. You have to give yourself hizuk, especially in these times. Hashem wants just one step. Hashem wants one opening. It says one opening. You know what an opening is? The 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 the, the eye of the needle. How small is the, the needle where you put the thread in? It's very small. The opening. That's what I want. Hashem says. That's all I want from you. Give me a step in the right direction. I'm not asking you to go finish the shas. You know, everybody's so. I have to finish the shas. Daf yomi. Seven years has to take me. Hashem doesn't want you to finish anything. Hashem wants you to learn. I'm not his advocate, but Hashem wants you to learn. If I learn the whole thing, it'll take me seven years. But if I learn only one side, it'll take me 14 years. But if I do this, it'll take me 28 years. What's with all these calculations? Just go learn. You know what ends up up happening to the people that say that it'll take me seven years, 14 years, they don't end up nothing. A week into it, it's all over. You want to do Dafyomi? Go ahead. You don't want to do it? Go ahead. The main thing, just learn. Just learn. Just show Hashem you're in it for the long run. You, you're in it. You're trying to fight the evil desires. You're trying to fight the temptations. You're trying to overcome the yisrara. Those hard days that you have in your life. If you go through these hard days, Hashem says, elav Hashem. Hashem says, I will reveal myself to you. But what happens? We always have the evil inclination, the yisrara in the back of our minds. Now, I want to ask you a question. And Shedorah Mabul, in Parashat Nawah, two weeks ago, when Hashem brings the etch-a-sketch of the world, He wipes them all out. He starts the whole world fresh with Nawah and his sons and his, 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 their wives. The Anshedorah Mabul, my question to you is, did they not know who Hashem was? 
Did they not learn from Noah, from Shem, Lemech, Metushelah, uh, Hanoch, Adam? They knew who Hashem was. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect, Nathan. You said it very well. They knew him better than we know him. So how could they stoop to such a level? Dora Mabul, Hamas, debauchery, stealing. I can't even, I can't even mention the Abirot that they did. You know why? Because Iyob says it. Sefer Iyob says a pasuk. Ma shaddai kina abdenu. Uma no'il kinifga'abu. You think Hashem, in all His glory, all the way up in heaven, cares for us? He doesn't care for us. How do we know He doesn't care for us? There were many great tzaddikim before us. Metushelah passed away. Hanoch passed away. Adam passed away. Now if Hashem really appreciates the servitude of His servants, keep them alive. If they died, meaning they were insignificant. Like we said in the beginning of the class, we all feel that sometimes we're insignificant. Whatever we do, it doesn't, it doesn't even make a small, uh, it doesn't even scratch the surface. Yes, you get discouraged, not after a while. In a, in a minute, you get discouraged. Everything around us discourages us. In a second. You know how hard it is for, for a person to come to class? And finally, when a person comes to class, you know how amazing it is? Don't take it lightly. Anybody that came to class tonight, it's amazing. In the eyes of Hashem, it's amazing. Because there's so many diversions. And you could be home and stay on Fox News and CNN and, and Newsmax and all these stuyot that won't, won't amount to anything at the end of the day because whoever's going to win. I said last night in the class. I said last night in, the, in, in a different class. I said there were two people, they went to rob a bank. They went, they, they robbed the bank, they, they emptied out all the money, they go back to the hotel room. So one guy tells the other guy, you know, well, let's count the money, let's see how much we stole. He says, count it for what? Tomorrow we hear on the news. Why, sh- why should we count how much we... Tomorrow we hear in the front, front page of the newspaper, the bank was robbed with uh, X amount of money. Whether we watch the stations or watch the news or social media, what's going to happen is going to happen. You think we, we, we're doing anything to, to make him win or the other guy win? What's the difference? Come to a class. Come to a class. So don't take it lightly. Everyone that came to class tonight, don't take it lightly. It's a huge impact in the eyes of Hashem. But Dora Mabul said, what are we doing? We're not doing anything. Hey, we have Metushelah, we have Lemech, we have Hanoch. Hashem got rid of them. So what, what are we doing? What's the point of serving God? What's the point of stepping outside of our comfort zone? For me to have hot days? For me to have headaches? What do I want that for? Let me live the life I want to live. But that's the story of everyone. That's the story of everyone's life. And they went as far as to say, Abim he has clouds in, in the sky. You think he, he looks at our actions? He has angels in the sky. You think he cares for us? By the way, we're going to say something later. If, if you notice, the whole Torah, open up Hamishah Torah, you won't find any stories of angels. Meaning, you don't find what Michael does. Yeah, you're going to tell me this week's parasha, he came to tell Sarah that he, she's going to have a boy, but... Life of Michael is not mentioned in the Torah. Life of Gabriel, not mentioned. Life of Raphael, Nuriel, Uriel, all these angels, their history is not in the Torah. Whose history is in the Torah? Abraham, the struggles he went through, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe. You think Moshe didn't have struggles? Oh, we will see what struggles he had. 
The Shebatim, Yosef, Yaakov. Yes, because Hashem says, yeah, I have angels, but that's not, that's not what I'm, I'm thinking about. That's not my focus. My focus is you. But what did Dora Mabul say? He has clouds in the heaven. He doesn't look at us. I want to read you what the Ralbag says. Rabbi Levi ben Gershon. You think, this is, what, this is what they're saying. You think, You think he looks at us, what we're doing? You know how far it is between heaven and earth? You know what's in the middle? There's, there's skies. There's the sky in the middle. There's clouds in the middle. And how many ananim and how many, how many different worlds? And you think Hashem in His throne of glory is actually looking at me? That's where you, that's where you go wrong. Because you say, I'm so insignificant. If Abraham Abinu Rabotai would say to himself, what's the point of going outside today? What's the point of going outside today? It's very hot. I already have visitors inside. Let me just stay home. It's the third day of my Brit Milah. It's painful. Let me stay home and relax. He wouldn't have the besora, the news, that his wife will have a baby boy. You're going to tell me, oh, but what about last week's parasha, where Hashem said that he will have? You're right. But there's one thing where a person actually comes and tells you, you will have, and one thing where you heard it yesterday. Every time you hear good news, something happens inside. Like the Mishnah Perkei Abot says, Habib Adam shenibra betselem, Habibim Yisrael shenikreu banim lamakom, means, we all know we're the children of God. But Hashem says in the Torah that we are His children. Why does Hashem have to say in the Torah? Because when you, when you know something, it makes you feel much better. So Abraham Binu would have lost out on the news that Sarai Aminu would have a baby boy. He would lose out on the revelation of God. Hashem revealed Himself to him. And then when the angels came, He said, Hashem, co-waiting. Let me take care of the Malachim first. I'll come back to you. He will, he will miss out. He will lose out on this revelation. All because He said, My actions count. My actions count. That's our problem in life. We say we don't amount to anything. My small action doesn't mean anything. And that's what happened in Dora Mabul. And that's why Hashem said, I have to get rid of all of them. Because if they think that there's no Ashka Piratit, if they think that I'm not looking at them, I don't value their actions, they're very wrong. But we all fall sometimes. Many times we fall. And we want to throw in the towel. We want to give up. It's not worth it. Sheba Yipol Tzadik Vikam. Shlomo HaMelech says in Mishle, in Proverbs, Sheba Yipol Tzadik Vikam. You fell, get up again. You fell, you fell seven times, you keep on getting up. The moment you don't get up, you're showing that Hashem doesn't value your actions. You're showing that you don't mean anything to Hashem. But when you keep on going, you keep on staying in the fight. You keep on going through the struggles, through the tests, tribulations. You're showing Hashem, I know you love me. I know you desire. I know you have a desire for my actions. And you keep on going and going and going. I liken it to a song. I liken it to a song. You know, in a song, in music in general, there's highs and lows. High notes and low notes. There's the majors and there's the minors. If we would take this composition, this symphony, if we would take it and dissect it, and we will only hear one note, if we only hear the major, it makes no sense, which is the high. If we only hear the minors, the lows, it makes no sense. 
when does it actually make sense when you put all the notes together and it creates one beautiful piece of music? That's life. Life doesn't make any sense. If someone tells you they know what life is all about, they don't know what life is all about. They're the first one who doesn't know what life is all about. Life has ups and downs. Some days it's beautiful music, some days it's not. But in the end of the day, meaning Hashem knows, Hashem knows how to, how to compose this music. Hashem is the composer. Hashem knows exactly how this music is supposed to sound like. You just have to wait. Just enjoy the music. But again, one bad day doesn't define who you really are. Just because you fell doesn't mean you're an evil person. One bad day, you went through this hot day, you failed, doesn't mean that you're a bad person. You see, get up again. You try again. You'll have a lot of in your life. You'll have a lot of hot days in your life. But the main thing, keep on waiting by the entrance. There's a Gemara where, which we're all familiar with. Sanhedrin daf kuf bet. Yerob'am bin Nebat, the wicked king of Am Yisrael, when the Shebatim split, two got Rehab'am bin Shalomo, ten got Yerob'am bin Nebat. Now he filled Erisei with Abu Dazara. In the end of his life, Hashem tells him, look, let's make a deal. You do Teshubah, and me, and you, and David Melech will stroll, will have a stroll in Gan Eden. Beautiful. Which means Hashem says, I'll accept you. How about that? Now don't forget, he was a very wicked king, very evil. Abu Dazara rampant all over Israel. So Hashem says, do Teshubah, and I'll accept you. And me and you and David Melech will stroll, will take a walk in Gan Eden. So he tells Hashem, Hashem, but... Who's leading the way? Who's walking in front? Hashem says, David Melech. Rabbi bin Abba says, not interested. And the Gemara says, he has no portion in the world to come. Now, if the story sounds strange, it doesn't sound strange. I'll tell you why. Because Rabbi bin Abba, what he was thinking is what we're thinking. Sometimes we think it's either all or nothing at all. Either Rabbi bin Abba is saying, either I walk in the front... Meaning you erase all my sins, you make it like I never sinned before, you give me all or nothing. Hashem says, I'll forgive you, but you, you, you still have those sins which we have to take care of in, in, the, in the world to come or in, up there. But I'm telling you, let's walk, me, you and David and Melech, no. But it's either all or nothing. Either I'm the one or nothing. Rabban bin Nebat says, no, I'm not interested. That's what happens to us in life. We say sometimes, one quest, one tefillah, one act of chesed. What, is, what does it mean? I have to be like the great rabbis. I have to go to class. I have to go to class every single night. I have to wake up early in the morning. I have to make sure I don't see anything illicit in my, with my eyes. I have to make sure I make every single beracha. Okay, yes, you have to be a good Jew. But it's not all or nothing at all. Many people say, what's the point? What's the point of going to class? One class is going to change who I am? Maybe yes, maybe no, but go to a class. Go learn, go start learning. This concept of all or nothing at all doesn't exist in our Torah. It's not all or nothing at all. Rav Nachman always says, brought down in this book, brought down in all Sefarim, me'at zegam tub. A little bit, in Yiddish, Zindi will tell you later, abyssal, is also good. Abyssal is a little bit in Yiddish. Abyssal is also good. A little bit is also good. 
when you show Hashem that you're still waiting by the entrance, you're still there by the door, you're going through all the problems that you have in your life, but you're still in it for the long run, it's all so good. And now we understand why the Pasuk says, Be'elone mamre. Rabotai, what does elone mean? We explained it as the camp, as the, in the land. Elone is from the word ilan. Ilan is a tree. Now, when I mention to you a tree, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? You can tell me. No, tree. Where do we have, where do we have this? Where do we have this word tree the first time in the Torah? Good. It's a da'at, tovvara, and it's a hayim. When the Pasuk says, Vayera elav Hashem be'elone mamre, Hashem revealed himself to Abraham, and Abraham was in two trees, in the middle of two trees, be'elone mamre. Rab Nachman says, Elone mamre means Abraham always had to struggle in his life. Do I go to the Esahayim? Do I go and keep on in it for the long run, like we said, striving to reach the Esahayim? Or do I stay in my comfort zone? Esahayim. It was always a struggle. Abraham Abinu went through a struggle. You think we're not going to go through a struggle? But he goes, look at what he, what he amounts to in the end of the day. Now I know you're a true servant of God and I'm giving you all the barachot. But he also had a struggle. Yes, the Abotenu, they are our forefathers, but they were like, just like me and you. I'm not saying that we could also become like, like them. We can in a certain aspect. But they were, they were regular people. That's why we, we explained it a long time ago. That by Moshe Rabbeinu it says, he was born from a father and a mother. A person from a Shevet Levi went and got a lady from Shevet Levi. He was born from a mother and a father. He was a person just like me and you. And look at the heights that he reached. Which means he also went through his tests. Abraham Abinu also went through his tests. What do I do? Do I go to this Ilan, to this tree? Do I go to this tree? But when he ended up choosing to go to Etzahayim, to stay in it, what happened? Hashem revealed himself to Abraham Abinu. We see this really when the angels came to Lot. When the angels came to Lot, what happens? The people of the town ended up finding out that the angels or the people came to Lot's house and they came and tried to break down the door. And what happens? The angels right away, they go, they peek outside, they hit all of them, they make them all blind. They go inside and the people outside blind, first wanting to break down the door because they're blind now, they couldn't find the, the petah, again petah, they couldn't find the opening of the door and they ended up leaving. But Rab Nachman says, that's why I chose particular hymn to talk about tonight because it's, it's such a beautiful piece. Listen to the words of the Pasuk. Again, petah. Abraham Abinu is waiting by a peta, by an entrance. Lot, also, the people want to go into his peta, into his entrance. But what happens? And they couldn't find the entrance to the door. So he explains, sometimes the Yisra makes us blind. He makes us blind into what really is important in life. We sometimes think that the Eitz Da'at is what we should run after, and sometimes we leave the Eitz Hayim. Now he explains the Pasuk like this. When a person's outside, when a person's outside, 
He's outside because, like we said, he stepped out of his comfort zone. He kuba sanverim. He's blinded sometimes. He's blinded outside. He doesn't know what to, Should I continue? Should I go back? Should I go back inside? Should I go back into my comfort zone? Should I leave it all behind? And what ends up happening when you hit with this blindness, you can't find the opening of the opening to go to Hashem. You always want to run back inside the house. But you're blinded right now and you can't find the entrance to go into Etzahayim, to finally cling onto the tree, to finally have the revelation of Hashem. This story is not only a story of what happened before, what happened in history. No, it's a story every single day. And another tactic of the Yisra, another scheme of the Yisra, we see it really in the end of the parasha. The end of the parasha when Abraham Abinu takes his only son, his beloved son for the Akedah. He's embarking on his journey. He's walking and it says, He sees the place from a distance. What does that mean he sees the place? Why does the Torah have to tell us Excuse me for saying it, but why do I care whether he saw the place from a distance or he saw it near vision or far vision? What, what, why does it make a difference in my life? What does it mean? Not only by Abraham Abinu, it says he saw the place from a distance, by Miriam. Puts Moshe Rabbeinu in a teba, in a small basket on the river. And now Miriam is waiting, but she's waiting from a distance to see what will happen with Moshe. Why, do, why, do, why does Hashem have to tell me that his, his, his sister's waiting? Tell me his sister's waiting. Why do I have to know his sister's waiting from a distance? So both of these words, rahok, means that that's what we feel like in our life. The word makom doesn't only mean makom place. Makom only means Hashem, also means Hashem. Like we say in the Haggadah, Baruch HaMakom, Baruch Hu. We should never know, but when we go pay respects, we say, HaMakom, Yenachem Etchem. Hashem shall console you. HaMakom is Hashem. Bayarit HaMakom Merachok. Abraham Abinu has his only son. He's 37 years old. He loves him deeply, dearly. Hashem says, go take your only son that you love, Yitzhak, and go slaughter him. Bayarit HaMakom Merachok. Now he sees the place, he says, Hashem is in the distance. Hashem... This is the Hashem that I'm, I'm, I'm serving my whole life? He doesn't have, he doesn't have these questions. But the Yisra is trying to bring him into these questions. And we know what happens. He brings up a waterfall and brings him down. That's why he do tashlich. Abraham doesn't have these questions. But the Yisra wants him to have these questions. I'm sorry? Of course. He's manipulating him. He's telling him, Abraham, this is the God you're worshipping. The guy that told you, you, you have descendants from Yitzhak. This is the same guy that telling you, go slaughter your only son. That's Abraham Abinu. By Miriam it says, says oh, What's going on? I told my father, Amram, to go back with my mother, Yochevid, after they were separated. Now they finally got back together. They had my brother. Now, we don't know his name because they don't call him, well, his mother called him Tob. Seven names he had. Batya called him Moshe. But now we're putting him in a basket. What's going, what's going to be with this, with this boy? Will he drown? Will he survive? Will he make it? But Hashem is saying, because you're seeing everything from a distance. Because, okay, with your eyes, sometimes you're blinded and you're seeing things from a distance. You don't have the eyes that I have. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your actions are not my actions. You'll never understand me. You always see everything in a distance. 
Again, like we said, we have so many struggles, so many tests, so much pain. But don't lose focus. Don't think that you're in the petah right now. You're only outside. And Hashem, when am I going to actually have the revelation? Keep on holding on. The revelation will come one day. We know Rav Shalom Shbadron, the famous Magid, had a weekly class. And he had the student that came to his class, let's say, six months. Didn't miss one night. Finally, he comes in the seventh month, they're starting the class back again. He sees the student's not here. One night, two nights, two nights, three nights. Where's the student? So he knocks on his door. After a week of seeing him, he didn't come. He knocks on his door. He, he finds out where he lives, his address. He knocks on his door. He says, no, Shloimi. It wasn't Shloimi, but Shloimi, you know, for a week straight, you didn't come to class. What's going on? He says, Rabbi, you know, I'm embarrassed to tell you, but uh, the World Cup is on. He says, what, what, what's a World Cup? World Cup? What's, what's World Cup? What does that mean? He says, look, uh, Rabbi, you really want me to explain it to you. So the World Cup, it's a soccer. Okay, it's a soccer championship. There's 11 players. One of them is the goalie on each team. And they have to shoot the ball and make sure that the ball goes in. But the problem is you have a goalkeeper. He tells him the whole story. So the rabbi says, what's the problem? Let's go me and you right now to the, to the park. And we'll shoot goals. We'll play soccer. What's the problem? I'll do it with me and you. He says, no, rabbi, it's the whole suspense. It's the whole drama. It's the whole action. Rabbi, I can't explain it to you. So the rabbi says, one, one second. So the whole goal, the whole goal of the game is to shoot the ball, to kick the ball into the other goal. But the problem is you have a person that's there. No problem. He's not there now. Let's go, me and you. We'll go to the park. He's not there now. We'll kick goals from here to tomorrow morning, and we'll have a good time. He says, Rabbi, I'm sorry, but you're not getting it. The whole point of the game is to try to bring a goal to kick the ball when there's someone stopping you. He says, oh, do you hear what you're saying? It's very easy to come to class when you don't have anybody stopping you. It's very easy to come to class when you don't have a goalie, when you don't have a goalkeeper, when there's no struggles, there's no tests, there's no tribulations. You know when it's hard to come to class? When there's someone stopping you. When the Yesterah and the evil inclination is telling you, what's the point of the class? What's the point, please? Who do you think you are? You think you're going to amount to anything? You're going to be like Abraham Abinu. You're going to be like it's Haq Moshe. Who do you think you are? But you go to that class. You do the mitzvah. You wake up early in the morning and you bring it. You kick a field goal. Whatever it's called in soccer. I'm sorry. I don't play soccer. I don't know. But you kick it in. You know what ends up happening? You have the vayera elav Hashem. With the struggles in your life, you have the revelation of God. And we'll end off with this. Rav Wittner says, we blow a shofar on Rosh Hashanah to remind us of the ram that Abraham Abinu had in the Akedah. Fine. He says, but there were other things in the Akedah. There was a sakim, the ma'achelet. There was a sword. So why not in Rosh Hashanah also take out a sword and say, we're taking this sword to commemorate the whole story of the Akedah. Why do we make a what to do, a whole big thing about only the horn, which is the ram's horn, the shofar, we don't know anything about the sakin, the ma'achelet. So he answers such a beautiful, fascinating insight. He says, you know what happened with that horn? That horn was entangled in the bush. It was entangled in the thorns. Mesubach, it says in the pasuk, sebach bekarnav. 
the horn of the ram was entangled in the thorns. Hashem says, I desire a person that's entangled in the web, in the thorn, in the struggles, in the pain, in the trials, tribulations of the Yisrael. But with all that, you manage to take it out. Abraham ends up taking it out. And that's what he used. That's what they used for, for uh, Matan Torah. And the next one, Be'azit Hashem, uh, Be'azit Hashem will come when Mashiach comes. Hashem says, that's, that's why I care so much about the horn. The ma'achelet, the knife. The knife you had in your pocket. It wasn't hard for you to take out the knife. It was hard for you to take out the horn. That's what I value so much. The Zerah HaKodesh, we mentioned the Zerah HaKodesh, that's who we said it, I forgot to say before, who says it, but Zerah HaKodesh is the one that says, we don't have anybody saying anything about uh, the Malachim in their life, because Hashem doesn't desire Malach's life. Hashem wants you, with your struggles, with your desires, with your even clinician, with your Yisrael. The Rebbe of Olozhirov says, in the end of the parasha, Hashem gives Abraham Abinu Beracha, Ki barecha barecha veharba arbeza Hashem says, Abraham, because you went through the struggle and it was a very hard struggle. You went through the struggle. You came out victorious on the other side. I will give you descendants that will be like the will be like the stars in heaven and they'll also be like the sand. So the Rabbi of Olozhirov says, the, cla- the, the stars, and you have the sin. What kind of comparison is that? He says, because really, every Jewish person is like a star. It's like a shining star. But you know what ends up happening? With our aberot, with our, sometimes we, you know, we listen to our evil desires, we, li- we listen to the evil inclinations, the yes, da, da, da. Well, sometimes we, we step in the mud, we get dirty, and we reach like the sand. We, we, we reach the lowest levels. But don't forget, even when you're on the lowest levels, you still have the chance to go back to be a shining star. So it's never, it's, it's never over. It's never game over. It's always redo. The princess in the other castle. Yalla, come on, come on. Remember that game? Remember that game? Mario. Remember? You thought you finally got the flag. Yes, I'm sorry, the princess is in another castle. Keep on going, keep on going to, to finally, you're victorious on the other side. Rabbi Yaakov Yisrael Lugasi says that we see that Abraham Abinu was very troubled because he had, didn't have any orhim. He didn't have any guests. So what does Hashem, and wh- what does Hashem do because he doesn't want Abraham Abinu to have any guests? He makes his son very hot. And then because he sees Abraham Abinu is very troubled that he didn't have any guests, he ends up sending him three people, but really not people, they're really angels, and we know the whole story. So he asks a very easy question. In a sefer, in order, if you want to buy the sefer, his sefer is um, where is it? The sefer is Yam Darich. He says instead of Hashem doing the whole thing or making the sun very hot, and because he saw my Abraham Binu is struggling, and then he, don't make the sun hot. Abraham Binu wants guests. Give him guests. Why do you have to make the sun hot for him to sit outside? For send the he says you know the. It's very long. He says, one word, one sentence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem wanted to see Abraham. How much do you really want to do the mitzvah of Achnasat Orhim? Yeah, you're right. 
I don't have to take the sun out. I can make it a nice day. I can make it a beautiful temperature. I can make you parking right outside the shul. I can make it that the kids go to sleep. I can make it that your wife tells you, please, my husband, go learn. I want you to go learn. I can make it that when you come to shul, you have a cup of coffee, you have a cup of tea waiting for you. Yeah, I could do that. But that doesn't show me that you really want to serve me. You want to serve only on your good days. It doesn't show me that you want to serve me on the hot days. I want to see how much does Abraham Abinu really want to do the mitzvah of Akhnasat Orhim. I'll make it hot for him. And I'll make nobody pass in the streets. And I'll make him send Eliezer. Eliezer, please go check in the desert. Please. Is there anybody in the desert? Eliezer comes back. I'm sorry, Abraham, there's nobody there. Finally, Abraham goes himself to see if there's anybody there. There's nobody there. He ends up sitting by the peta. He's waiting. I want, I stepped out of my comfort zone, Hashem. Please, I'm trying, I'm, I'm going, I'm striving for the truth. I'm striving for the emet. I'm striving to cling on to you. Make it easy for me, Hashem. He's, oh, now I finally got you. Now I finally see that you really want to serve me. And he ends up sending the angels. And in the end of the, the end of the parasha, Hashem says, Now I know that you really want to serve me because you passed 10 tests. It's not easy. The rabbis say, one test of Abraham Abinu is equivalent to all the tests we will pass in our life. Take your whole life, 80, 90, 120, Ba'azat Hashem, all your days is nothing compared to one test Abraham Abinu passed. And he passed 10 tests. Hashem says, now I know that you went through those hot days, and you'll have the revelation of Hashem. Rabbi where do we also see this word, Vayera Hashem Elav, by Moshe Rabbeinu? When Moshe Rabbeinu, the first time he encounters the revelation of Hashem, it says, Hashem revealed himself to Moshe, Belabat Esh. Hashem revealed himself to Moshe in a burning bush. Why does Hashem have to reveal himself to Moshe in a burning bush? Reveal yourself to Moshe without this bush. Just speak to Moshe. Because Hashem is symbolizing to Moshe, Moshe, you're going now. <laughs> you think it's going to be an easy job? 600,000 men complaining day in, day out. Forget about the women and the children. And they're going to test you and me 10 times in the desert. But I'm telling you from now, it's going to be belabatish. It's going to be very hot. You're going to have days that you wish you never did it. Has shalom. But just remember, But I always have your back as if I'm always with you. And I want to, if we could do something nice together. What do we say? Abraham Abinu paved the way for every single person in their life to go through these hot days. Take the words, Vehu Yoshib. The last letter of Yoshib is a bit. Numerical value 2. Petah is a hit. Numerical value 8, that's already 10. Ha'ohel, last letter is Lamed, that's 30. 10 and 30 is 40. Kehom is a mem, that's 40. We have, what do we have? 40 and 40 is 80. Hayom is a mem, it's another 40. 80 and 40 is 120. 120 is Moshe Rabbeinu's life. Hashem is telling Abraham, you think by you passing these tests and going through these hot days, you're only benefiting yourself? No. You're paving the way for Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why by Moshe Rabbeinu it says the word Vayera Hashem Elav. And by Abraham Abinu it says Vayera Hashem Elav Hashem. The same exact words. 
Abraham Abinu paved the way for Moshe Rabbeinu. So Rabotai, that's what we'll end off with. We have to remember. There was a story, but we don't have time. We have to remember that we all go through these hard days. We all have these days that we wished we never had. Struggles in life. Distractions, diversions, anything but to listen to Hashem. Anything but to go to a class. But when you overcome, when you go, when you go outside of your ohil, on the hot days, you will have the ultimate revelation, or you will have, what better do you want than that? You have Hashem in His glory, reveal Himself to you, give us all, and we know Hashem does everything only for the good, no matter what the results are, it's only for our best interest, like we said before the class. He's been running his world for 5,781 years. Let him run his world. He doesn't need anybody telling him or to advocate for him how to run his world. And he's, he did a good job. He'll continue doing a good job. Thank you for all who attended. Thank you for our anytime viewers and listeners. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Of course. Of course. Thank you to Hal Lebanon Avenue as the corner of East 9th every Wednesday night. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.